Hallelujah. Stand to your feet if you're able, please. Glory to God. Y'all excited? Man, he is risen. I said he is risen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, I want to just share something with you guys to kind of get your heart into a celebratory state. Amen. But before I do, just remember, you know, a few house rules. Just make sure everybody's wearing your mask fully over your face the entire time you're in the building so that we can, you know, make sure everybody feels safe. But today we celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive. And the Holy Spirit has given me a verse just to share one of the benefits of him being alive. Amen. So this is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then we're going to pray. But this is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And in this passage, I guess people in the Corinthian church were beginning to believe that there was no resurrection of the dead. And so Paul begins to bring correction to them concerning that. Amen. And so in verse 17, he says something powerful. He said, and many times, guys, just so you know, when the Holy Spirit is, is leading me to a verse, many times he wants me to look at the flip side of the verse to see the benefit of it. So Paul, in correcting them, he said in verse 17, and if Christ, he said, if, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sin. But listen to what he's saying, though. Since Christ is raised, your faith is not useless, and you are not guilty of your sins. Glory to God. He didn't say that you're not guilty of your sins because you haven't committed any sins. He's saying in spite of the fact that you have committed sin, since Jesus is risen, you are not guilty. Hallelujah. Amen. And so because of that, we can go boldly before the throne of grace in the presence of God and pray and expect our prayers to be heard and answered. Amen. So hallelujah, Father, we just enter in right now. You said to come boldly before the throne of grace because the blood of Jesus has sanctified us. The blood of Jesus has justified us. The blood of Jesus has made us right with you, Father God. And because Jesus is risen and he is alive, seated at the Father's right hand, interceding for us, we can expect that our prayers will be heard. We can expect that our prayers will be answered. And so, God, we pray right now that you would just visit every person that is represented here today, every person that's present, every person that is watching online, that, Father, you will minister to them 
victory, Father God, that you would just show them, Lord God, that they don't have anything to fear, that they don't have anything to worry about because Jesus is alive. They are victorious over any and everything that this life will try to bring to them. And so, God, we just thank you and we celebrate the fact that you didn't leave Jesus' soul in hell. Neither did you suffer your Holy One to see corruption, but that, Father God, in, be, in accordance with what you promised, you raised him up from the dead. And right now, Father, he is seated in power and glory. And you said, as he is, so are we in this world. And so, God, we just receive every benefit of Jesus being risen. We receive healing. We receive deliverance. We receive preservation. We receive divine protection. We receive um, prosperity, Father God. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for restoration, God. We thank you, Father God, for victory over every situation, Lord. Father, we thank you for the word that's going to come forth today through the mouth of our pastor. Thank you for the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, Father God, as you desire to just distribute them to us today. And so, God, we just lift our hands and we say we thank you, Lord, right now in advance, Lord, that something good is going to happen to us today. Lord, we just praise you for it, and we just have a confident expectation to experience more and more of your goodness in the land of the living. And so, God, we just end this prayer by shouting to you with the voice of triumph, the highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if it, they got to attach this mic to me because I'm always losing it. My mom used to always say, if your hair wasn't attached to you, leave it. And she's right. It would be at home right now. But I'm glad it is. And I'm also glad this is Easter Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, wait. Y'all got to be a little more excited about that. So, so my boys, like, I let them dress themselves. They, I mean, some of the stuff they put on, but like, what made you think of that? But anyway... I kind of helped them out this week. I said, we're going to, you know, go to the store, get some stuff. We're going to dress really nice on Sunday. He was like, well, why? I said, do you not know that it's Resurrected Sunday? We're celebrating the fact that after Jesus had gone missing or dead, not missing, dead, for three days, he rose with all power. That's a big deal. And we're still celebrating all these years that he got up with all power in his hand. So if I got a little extra today, that's why, because I'm a little excited that he rose and he did it just for me. Now I'm going to ask you again, because now that I'm excited all over again, are you excited that it is Resurrection Sunday? Hallelujah. This is just not a normal day. This is just not another Sunday. This is a day we celebrate him getting back up. Imagine 
Imagine being there. Everything you hoped for, the Messiah had to come and then he died. Then everything you thought you knew went out the window. It's like, wait a minute. Well, yo, I thought you said the Messiah was coming. Yeah, he did come. Well, he's dead. Now what, young lady? Now what, young man? And you're looking crazy. I don't know, but I believe. I don't know what's going on. And then in three days later, <laughs> you call up your friend. Oh, what you saying? <laughs> he is risen! Hallelujah. Somebody said you can't keep a good man down. Listen, so this is why we're excited. This is why we're happy because he got up. And listen, it's metaphorical. It shows that, yeah, we may be down for a little bit, but we can't because we can't stay down because the resurrection power is on the inside of us. The word of God says that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. So why are you still depressed? You, I'll give you three days, but after three days, you can't be depressed no more. After three days, you can't be sick no more. After three days, you got to get up. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing. <laughs> Let's shout. If you love the Lord, let me hear you shout like you got the victory. Oh, you ought to have the victory. He won the victory. That means we got the victory. He's victorious. That means we're victorious. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, you have won the victory. Hallelujah, you have won it all for me. Yeah.
never gives up, it never runs out on me.
from the dead dwells in me. Somebody say that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Now what does that mean? Now back then that same power that after three days or so, you can do the calculations however you like, that got him out of that grave, that same power is in me. What does that mean? I can conquer anything. I don't care what it is, sickness, I can conquer anything. Nothing can defeat me because erection, resurrection power is on the inside of me. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
The head that once was crowned with thorns Is crowned with glory now The Savior nailed to wash our feet Now at his feet we bow The one who
Like you got the victory. I really want you to grasp what has happened. He got up with all power in his hands. He died, y'all. 
he, the Messiah, they, they, they prophesied, they said a Messiah is coming. And listen, somebody come to your house right now and say they, they are the Messiah. Now you got to figure out if that's right or if that's wrong. Imagine being back in the day where, where this, this Jesus was walking, he was teaching, but then they found out, no, he said he's the Messiah. Wait, the teacher is the Messiah? And then you start to realize this is the Messiah, and then they killed our Messiah. Now that's devastating. Now we got a bunch of devastating. In the last three years, somebody, at least one person in this room has gotten devastating news, and you know how you responded and how you were in that moment, what that felt like. But imagine after devastating news like that, something that seems so final, devastating news, and after three days, somebody said, the tomb is empty. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? The tomb, did someone steal his body? No, the tomb is empty. What does that mean? No, no, we saw Jesus. The tomb is empty, meaning he's alive. That devastating news we got a couple of days ago, forget about it. He's alive. It don't even matter. All the crying that we did, it don't even matter. He's here. Somebody say, he's back. And he has all power in his hand. Now listen, that same spirit that raised Jesus, out of the grave and made him come alive. That same spirit is on the inside of us. The same spirit. Now, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, should I have a cold? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, should I be living in defeat? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me, should I be depressed? We have authority. You call on that spirit that's on the inside of you. You say, sickness, you have to flee because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of me. Depression, you got to go because the same spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. Victory is over my life because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of me. Now, if you know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of you, how should we celebrate that? How should we act? How should we shout? How should we rejoice? We got the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout like you got the victory. Listen, I'm telling you, this is not just another day. Now, we got all kinds of celebrations. Oh, yeah, I celebrate my birthday, and that's a whole big old holiday when I celebrate my birthday. But it's something special about this day. This changed the game. When he got back up, it changed everything. When he died for us and got... Kurt said it, when he died and he rose for us, it changed everything. Now we are no longer guilty. Everything is, we, it's acquitted, it's done. You can go home. The court is over, it is done. Somebody shout, I'm not guilty. That's why we're excited. That's why this day is so important. So on the count of three, knowing all that we know, I just had to remind you a little bit of what this day really meant. On the count of three, because now it has turned into an official celebration. 
somebody, somebody's like, we ain't got to have a birthday party to celebrate. We got a reason to celebrate. So on the count of three, I want to remind y'all that today is actually a party. So on the count of three, I want you to shout like it's a party. Now don't shout like they shout at your birthday. I know they really shout at your birthday party, but this is a little different. It's a, it, this changed the game. Why? I want you to get that good diaphragm breath. Two and shout the victory because he rose just for you. Three! Hallelujah! He got back up! He is no longer in the grave! He has all power! He gave us the victory! We don't have to live in defeat! We don't have to be depressed! We don't have to be sick! We got victory somebody shout hallelujah hallelujah all right if you can you can be seated if this is your first time I want you to stay standing if it's your first time with us stay standing welcome welcome give it up for our first time guest welcome welcome to faith Christian Center and to what we call the faith experience on behalf of our pastor and his lovely wife and our congregation, we want to welcome you to Faith Christian Center. Y'all give it up for them right now. Now, in the, in the chair in front of you, there's a pocket that has one of these in it. It's a connection card. Grab that card. You see, there you go. There's a card, and on it, we want you to fill it out in its entirety. Put that you're a first-time guest. Put your information. If you have a prayer request, put that down because, listen, we believe in the power of prayer, and I don't care what... You put down there to pray for, if it's a job, if it's a new shoe, if it's a left foot, whatever you want us to pray for, we got you because we understand the power of prayer. And at the end of service, we want you to put it when they come up here in the receptacle in the offering bucket. And we want to thank you for coming. But we normally would sing a song, but we don't do that because of COVID. But what we're going to do, we're going to stand up and we're going to shout and make these two feel welcome. So everybody stand to your feet. We're going to uh, high-five him in the spirit. And on the count of three, let's thank him for coming. One, two, three. Welcome to Faith Christian Center. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Faith. We're so glad you're here. We believe something good is going to happen to you today. So guess what? Expect miracles. We may be seated in the presence of God. You've already heard from Minister Kurt and Minister Dathan. Is anybody excited that Jesus is alive and well? Satan threw his best punch, but Jesus still got up anyways. And that makes a difference in our life in 2021 because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. We're going to talk about in the message in a little bit that I was, you know, preparing for the message and praying, well, what should I share on this, you know, Resurrection Sunday? And what kept coming in my heart all week long was people concerned about the setbacks of life. That when we looked at what happened this year or last year, it was setback after setback after setback after setback. And you might say, even before 2020, we had a lot of setbacks. But I'm telling you, we're in a comeback season. And through the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you're going to bounce back from every setback. We're going to talk about it in the message, but this is the time to get your hope as high as you can get it. To expand your faith as wide as you can get it. 
because God has not forgotten about you. You might say, well, I've been through a lot. Yes, you've been through a lot, but you're still here. There's still breath in your body. Jesus is still on the throne, and your best is yet to come. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Open your heart wide. No matter if you're in this building, watching online, God has something in store for you today. So expect miracles. Say, I expect miracles. Say, something good is going to happen to me today. Say, it changes for me today. It turns around for me today. Say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Some say, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't deserve to bounce back. You don't know what I did, preacher. Nothing in Christianity is about what you deserve. Nothing in this belief is about what you deserve. We get good things because Jesus did it right. Nothing is about what we did. It's about what he did. And we put our faith in what he did, and we get all the benefits because he did it right. So don't count yourself out just because you've had a past that you don't want to talk about. Don't tune me out today because you said, well, I've done too many bad things, and bouncing back is not on my agenda because of my life. I'm just trying to go along and get along. No. He loves you. John 17 says the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And your faith in his love will change everything. So don't put your faith in your ability today. Don't put your faith in your background today. Put your faith in the finished work of Jesus and the same power that raised him from the dead. Amen. Oh, man, I'm already ready to preach, but I got a few things to do before we preach. A few things I want to let you know about. You know, this week we announced the opening date of our newest campus. It's going to be Faith Christian Center Gwinnett on April 25th at 9 a.m. So if you follow us online, praise God. We're excited about the expansion. You know, God has called us to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And on our vision map, we have 21 different locations that we're going to open up in. And so far, today is actually the first Sunday that three campuses are operating all on the same day. So right here in Austell, Fayetteville, and in Marietta, and of course online. And then starting later this month, we'll open up in Gwinnett. You can go to our website for more information. It's going to be operating in Studio Movie Grill in Duluth, not too far from Gwinnett Place area. It's going to be great as we go further in what God has called us to do. Amen? And I want to encourage you, if you haven't downloaded the Faith Plus app, make sure you do so. Not only will you get all the information about what's going on here at Faith, but it's also a 24-7 internet streaming television station to help you add to your faith. Amen? As well as an on-demand section you can access at any time, day or night. Well, we have a special presentation today that our Faith Worship Arts team has been working on. It's called The Real Housewives of the Sanhedrin. And so I remember a few months ago, Minister Dathan brought to me this idea, and I said, I love it. Let's run with it. And the team has done a tremendous job. It's hilarious. It's going to make you think. 
and it's going to open your heart to receive the message today. But before we even play the video, can you guys cheer for our Faith Worship Arts team and all the work they've been doing, their Zoom practices, their in-person practices? Go ahead and cheer for them. Some of them are here in person, some of them are online, some of them are on other campuses. We appreciate what you all did. Amen. Brother Daniel, are we ready? Go ahead and roll it. If they're not talking about you, then you're not relevant. Ooh, girl. These shoes have ex- Girl, bring an umbrella in my rain out here. Girl, these shoes have expired already. I mean, they look cute now. They go with this dress, but... You know. <laughs> Look at you, ma'am. Thank you. Looking cute as always. Thank you. I know what you're talking about. I know. You cute as well. Well, thank you, honey. I know Miss Joanna gonna be mad because I'm holding even no shoes on, but you know it is what it is. Good gracious. Yeah, Joanna does always have something. Always has something interesting to say. Interesting to say. It's a word. Caiaphas going to call. I mean, he's been dragging our husbands, the members of the Sanhedrin, out of our homes at all hours of the night. They have other things to do, Tamar. Okay. Business, for one thing. My husband makes a lot of money around the Passover with all the travelers needing money changed to the temple coin. My husband is the chief high priest here. Do you or your husbands question his authority? No. Ugh, I cannot stand Tamar. She really gets on my nerves. Boo-boo. <sighs> Darling, he does seem to be botching this whole Jesus of Nazareth affair. May another word, Joanna. It's the disciples of Jesus that are going around telling this story that he rose from the dead. Something had to be done. My husband says that your husband certainly used enough of the temple treasury on this whole affair. Paying off Judas Iscariot to betray him, bribing the Romans. And how about dragging our husbands out of their beds to have that trial in the middle of the night? Yeah, and then they had to stand around all morning while this Jesus was on trial, trying to keep the crowd whipped up, getting them to scream for his crucifixion. That was no easy task since many of the people in the crowd had witnessed his miracles. My husband lost a whole day of business. Pretty inconvenient. Hold up. These girls done forgot who my husband is. And Joanna got the nerve to talk. We all know that her husband is a whole convicted felon. Boop. I know they're talking about me and my husband, but you know what? I don't care. He married for love. After all, he signed the prenup. And if they're not talking about you, then you're not relevant. Besides, the only person who can judge me is God. And the last I checked, he seemed to be pretty impressed. You know what? You may not be able to get all that you want, but I can. Look, it was necessary. 
your husbands are members of the Sanhedrin, right? So it's their duty to put their good of the Jewish nation above their businesses, no matter how inconvenient. Ah, fix your face. They're just jealous. My life is beautiful. I live well. I don't have to work. My husband buys me gifts all the time. But I want more, more for myself, more for my family. And these little meetings are a waste of time and my money. What are you talking about? This isn't some national crisis. It's one man, one. Exactly, that's why Caiaphas said it's better for one man to die than the whole Jewish nation to perish. That Jesus of Nazareth was a menace to us all. He had to be dealt with. He had to die. What he should have done was kept his place over there in Galilee as a carpenter and not involved himself in matters that pertains to his betters. What is this meeting about tonight? Oh, Miss Tardy to the party. This is about stopping the resurrection rumors. Mm -mm. Excuse you. Didn't he go to Governor Pilate and ask him to seal the tomb and to put armed guards at the entrance to the tomb to keep the disciples from stealing the body. I mean, who does that? He did, he did, and my husband says that he played right into the hands of the Christians by doing that. It actually strengthened their case for the resurrection. Posting guards destroyed the, the story that the disciples stole him away. For crying out loud, the tomb was guarded day and night by an entire detachment of Rome's finest. Oh, and let's not forget, didn't they try to spread the rumor that Jesus wasn't really dead when they placed him in the tomb? And that when he woke up from his coma, he escaped from the tomb? Yep, yep. And no one's going to believe a man who had been beaten on the head repeatedly and flogged to near death, then suffocated on a cross for six hours, would have the strength to roll away a 2,000 pound rock. Besides, how would he get past the guards? And that's why my husband said, <laughs> The guards fell asleep. <laughs> fell asleep, girl, bye. Yes, Joanna. People are not going to believe that. There isn't a person in Jerusalem who's going to believe that these highly trained Roman guards, now get this, all fell asleep all at once. Everybody knows that the penalty for falling asleep on guard duty is death. Now, who gonna check me? You're right. The fact that they're still alive tells everyone that they didn't fall asleep on duty. If there wasn't a payoff somewhere, they would have been executed. Maybe that was a bad idea. Well, that's why Caiaphas saw to it that they were transferred out of town. But the rumors of the resurrection are more numerous than ever. Y'all, what they should have done was reseal the tomb and not let anyone go near it. That way, if Jesus came up missing, they could find another body and put it in the tomb and wait for it to decompose and then parade the disciples of Jesus around the open tomb so that they can see that their precious little Messiah was still dead. Tamar, that's what? a lot. <laughs> By now, everyone knows that the tomb was empty. Did you know that more than 500 people swear they saw Jesus alive? the witnesses. I mean, those unschooled disciples of his? Caiaphas said that flogging will shut him up. 
my husband is upset that two of our own have defected, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And you know, I know both of them and their wives. They're good men. They're reliable men. Maybe there is something to all of this. <laughs> Nicodemus? Reliable? Girl, bye. I mean, he was caught sneaking around with Jesus and then had the nerve to defend Jesus' actions to the Sanhedrin. And Joseph, volunteering his tomb, traitors. Tamar, has it ever occurred to you that maybe they know something that we don't? Maybe he really did come back from the dead. I mean, Lazarus did. We all know that. It's just ludicrous. I mean... The only way that Jesus could have risen from the dead is if he was God himself. And that whole story about Lazarus, that was a fraud. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I know Martha. We go way back. And if she says that her brother was dead, then he was dead. Jesus couldn't possibly be God. If he was God, he would have recognized the authority of the rabbis and the Jews. If he was God, he would have asked Caiaphas to help him and his disciples know the, the finer points of the law. And if he was God, he would have asked permission before he came riding into Jerusalem on the Sunday before the Passover. Yeah, no, Tamar, you have a point there. Mm -hmm. She does, Joanna, she has a point. That was such a disaster. I mean, my husband says the only reason the crowd was so excited was because the true Messiah was predicted to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Look, y'all, I was there. Oh, you was I was there. The streets were lined with adults and children shouting Hosanna and laying down palm branches. Right. Jesus looked kingly, royal even. Royal? On a donkey? <laughs> look even poor even. No, he did not look very royal. Not when he was in the temple turning over tables. We lost more money than my husband and I care to count thanks to his little temple tantrum. Dina gets on my nerves. She's siding with me sometimes, then she's siding with Tamar. Girl, whose side are you on? We cannot have this going on here. Herod, all the Romans will not allow this kind of nonsense here in Jerusalem. If our husbands can't get this whole Jesus thing under control, we're gonna lose our temple. Mm -hmm. And if we lose our temple, then my husband won't be nothing more than another Jew. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> nah, that can't happen. I mean, hair, nails, I like this lifestyle. We're gonna have to come up with another rumor or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel you there, Tamar. I'm not, I'm not trying to lose out on my luxuries in life either, but is that what this is all about? Power? Position? Prestige? No. It better not be. Because if this Jesus has really risen from the dead, y'all think about it. Our husbands have killed the Son of God. Jesus, if you're real, then fix it. And fix it now. Somebody say, fix it, Jesus. Come on, say it again. Say, fix it, Jesus. Open your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. You might say, well, that's a 
different type of text for an Easter Sunday. Well, this has been a different type of couple years, hasn't it? Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And as we turn there, let's pray. Father, I thank you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you for raising Jesus from the dead. We know that he died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification so we could be declared not guilty. So, Father, as we gather here in your presence, in your name, looking at your word, we ask for our eyes to be open, our ears to be open, our hearts to be open and perceptive what you would have to say to us today. Father, I need your help. I only want to say what I hear you say. I only want to do what I see you do so that Jesus may be glorified, lifted high, made famous in our lives. As always, Holy Spirit, have your way. Move up and down every single aisle. Move through every single screen. Touch every single heart. Let no one leave this experience the same today. I ask for lives to be transformed forever by the power of your word and the power of your spirit. Give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. Daniel chapter 3. Say, fix it, Jesus. See, some of you may be looking at your lives today and seeing setback after setback after setback. And if you are honest with yourself in your everyday life, you're pretty much yelling, fix it, Jesus. Then when you look at what happened in your life so far this year and last year, maybe things before, maybe things beyond your control. Maybe it was your mistakes. Maybe it was others. Maybe it was just life in general. And you just look at setback after setback after setback. Your heart's cry really is, fix it, Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, as I shared before, this whole week was coming into my heart was that we're in a comeback season. It's time for you to bounce back from your setback. Now, let me define some terms. Setback. And if you want to follow along with me, my notes are on the YouVersion Bible app as well as the Faith Plus app, and you can follow along with me in my notes. The word setback means a reversal or a check in progress. A delay or hindrance in progress. A setback is a reversal or a check in progress. It is a delay or hindrance in progress. A comeback is a return to a former position or condition as of success or prosperity. A comeback is a return to a former position or condition as of success or prosperity. To bounce back means to return quickly to a normal condition after a difficult situation or event. To bounce back means to return quickly to a normal condition after a difficult situation or event. So I'm here to tell you again, this is your comeback season. And it's time for you to bounce back from your setback. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits, and he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, you must say, okay, he made a statue of himself of gold. It's really big. Okay, you know, politicians, you know, they like to see themselves on stuff, so cool. But this king 
took a little further. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, and judges, and treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, all the rulers of the prophets were gathered together into the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbook, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. See, you have to be careful what music you listen to because some music is designed to make you bow. And whoso falls not down and worships the, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And so what he's saying, if you don't bow, you're going to burn. If you don't bow, you're going to burn. So therefore, at the time when all the music played, the people fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, has made a decree that every man at the sound of the music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falls not down and worships, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the fairs in the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded you. They serve not your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. So this king has made this policy decree that everybody bows down when the beat drops. And so some of his people said, hey, look. These three guys, now let me tell you about these three guys. They're friends of a man named Daniel. These four guys and others were brought from Judah when it was besieged by the Babylonian Empire. Now when we think of these guys, when we read people in the Bible, you know, we usually think of them, you know, they're older, they got long gray beards, they've been serving God for a hundred years, and now we're going to read about their lives. But when he studied out, these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were about 20. They were brought from their homes when they were 15. So when they were sophomores in high school, Babylon invaded their home, took them captive from the life they've known, from their parents, from their families, from their schools, and exported them to Babylon, modern-day Iraq. And now they're there, away from everything, making the decision to live for God in a foreign culture. Now, you have to understand how strong these three guys were in their faith that even as teenagers, they said, you know, we're standing for God no matter what. Because when he said, out, Judah and Israel in that time had backslid, and most of that culture and that nation wasn't living for God, but Daniel and his three friends were. And so they get to a foreign culture with a foreign language, with foreign gods, all these things are going on. They say, no, we're still going to serve God no matter what. No matter what goes on in the culture, no matter what the media says, no matter what the government says, no matter what social media says, we stand for God. And so they made that decision, and they are people of excellence. And so they're rising to the top of their field. They're in charge. They're 20-year-olds in high positions in the government. And so the king gets this idea, let's build this gold statue, let's play the music, and when the music plays, when the beat drops, everybody bows down and worships the image I set up. And so when he hears that these three guys 
who he put in charge won't bow. He is full of fury. He goes off. He's not a person known for controlling his temper anyways. He calls for these three men. And he says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I've set up? Now, if you be ready at what time you shall hear the music and that you fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, fine, good. Well, we'll put this whole matter behind us. I'm feeling generous today. I'm going to give you another chance. When you hear the music, if you bow, we'll forget this whole matter ever happened. But if you don't, if you don't worship, if you don't bow, you shall be in the same hour cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So imagine this. This is not like a calm conversation going on. It's not like they're over coffee, just having a talk. This is the king of an empire with his bodyguards and officials all around him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. And he's threatening them. If you bow, put it behind me. If you don't, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill you now. I'm not, not going to chop off your heads. I'm throwing you into the fiery furnace. And what God can deliver you from me? See, Nebuchadnezzar really thought he was a god. So when you look at the king's mentality of that time, especially when they invaded, they think, well, if their god couldn't keep them in that land, then I must be stronger than their god. And so Nebuchadnezzar has beaten the Egyptians. He's beaten those people of Jude, he's been all the other nations. Everyone's bowing down to him, so he thinks, I'm the man. I'm the stuff. Who can save you from me? Because if your God could have saved you from me, you wouldn't even be standing here before me. Come on, we've all been in situations where the pressure has been applied either from the mouths of people or from circumstances or things in life where people will go, where is your God? If there was a God, you wouldn't even be in this situation. If there was a God, you wouldn't even be in this mess. But sometimes you have to understand that life happens. Walking with Jesus does not say that you'll never have any speed bumps. You never run into any problems. I guarantee you, if you walk with Jesus, you're going to have some issues. Because there is an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates your guts and he hates your Jesus. And so he will try to make things hard for you. He'll try to do what he can and get people to listen to him and make your life hard. Now, in Mark chapter 4, it says he has five tactics. Affliction, which is pressure brought by circumstance, persecution, pressure brought by people, the cares of this world. That's anxiety. Then it talks about the deceitfulness of riches, which is being deceived by money which means believing lies about money. So if you believe money over everything, you're deceived by riches. If you believe money is evil, you're deceived by riches. It's a whole gamut of lies. And the last one is lust of other things, inordinate strong desires that covers everything else. And so he uses those five things to attack believers on a regular basis. And so if you think, well, I'm saved now, I'm just gonna skip through the flowers with Jesus, I got some news for you. That's not how it works. It's like that commercial, that's not how any of this works. That's not how it works. You will have some challenges. You will have some struggles. You will have times where it seems like the enemy is saying, who can save you from me? 
Who can deliver you from this pressure? See, COVID killed your industry. It doesn't look like it's coming back. So who can take care of you now? See, the world has changed. How are you going to go forward? See, your education didn't prepare you for this. Your family background didn't prepare you for this. The nation doesn't really care about you. You're too old. You're too young. You're too black. You're too white. You're too Republican. You're too Democrat. Who can deliver you from this situation? Notice what these 20-year-olds said. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so. I'm a Bible teacher, so we sometimes I just pause and break down every few words. If it be so. If what be so. Because sometimes like, well, if they're going to go, well, if God delivers us. That's not what they're saying. What is the context at hand? If you throw us into the fiery furnace. If you make that decision to throw us in the fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. You ask the question, who can do it? Our God can do it. So we have to get our confidence back. We have to get our faith back. Too many of us let everything that happened last year put our faith on the back pedal and that you are ashamed to be a faith person. You're ashamed to make bold declarations of faith. Because so many bad things happen around you and you ran into some challenges. And you think, well, everything should be easy because I was serving God. I was tithing. I was volunteering. I was walking in love. I forgave that person who gave me the bird. I was doing good. Why did this show up in my life? And because something showed up, it made you back up. Because you ran into a setback, you backed up. Because something happened, you backed up. Because you made a mistake, you backed up. Because you did some things you know you weren't supposed to do. You backed up. And now you're concerned about making a declaration of faith in the delivering power of your God. We have to get back to being people who says, you know what? Our God can and our God will. Not just he's able, he's going to do it. This is what they did in the face of the king, that emperor. In the face of all his administration, in the face of seemingly certain death, our God can and our God will. Say, our God can and our God will. Verse 18. But if not, if not what? If you don't throw us in the fiery furnace. Not if God doesn't deliver us. That wasn't a question on their mind. They said, God can and God will. So they said, if you don't throw us in the fiery furnace, if you change your mind, let it be known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. His form of his vicious changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times hotter. That doesn't make sense. Level one's going to kill you. Seven times hotter, it's still going to kill you. See, I'd like to say it this way. Sin will make you stupid. This man says, he is seven times hotter. That doesn't make sense. And not only will sin make you stupid, but letting your emotions have you will make you stupid. I'm just going to pause for that. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, the will, and the control center of your emotions. And you live in a physical body. You have emotions. You're not supposed to let your emotions have you. 
You possess your emotions. You don't let your emotions possess you. Because anytime you let your emotions have you and you let your emotions possess you, you're going to do something stupid. And afterwards, like, man, I knew better. Like, man, I've known better for decades. So that's why we have to make sure we stay in control of our emotions, which also lets us know we need to pay attention to what we watch and what we listen to. Because some things we keep feeding on are agitating our souls. And you are okay until you spend all that time on that person's social media page. That has nothing good to say. You were good until you watched that news for 24-7. And they didn't know what they're talking about. They just kept repeating the same thing over and over and over. And you learned nothing new in eight hours. But you've been digesting it and feeding on it and feeding on it and feeding on it. So as soon as something happens in your life, you pop off. Because now your strength has been taken. Your strength has been absorbed. Now you're in your feelings. Instead of catching faith, you're catching feelings, and now you're having issues. Or because you weren't handling being away from people so long, as soon as someone shows you the slightest attention, let me talk to the single ladies for a second. Yes, I know this year's been bad for a lot of people. But as, just because someone showed you attention does not mean they're from Jesus. Look, if they only showed up after you got your refund check and your stimulus check, they aren't from God. Back to the message. Daniel chapter 3. Praise his name. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The heat was so intense, the guards that threw them in died. That's how intense the heat was. So everybody's watching. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go into the fiery furnace. And you have to understand there's a lot of people who watch you when you're thrown into the fiery furnace. There are people who are watching your life. You don't even realize they're watching your life. You don't even know their name, but they know you and they're watching. See, one of the things in the, it says in the New Testament, we are epistles or we are letters read by all men. Sometimes your life is the only Bible people will ever crack open. And they're going to watch how you respond to situations and circumstances and challenges and pressures and setbacks. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. Fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and called all his counselors. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Okay. Did not we throw three men bound into the midst of the fiery furnace? They answered, yeah, that's what happened. We all saw it. He answered and says, look, look, come, come, pay attention. Look, I see four men loose walking around. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. Whoa, whoa, pause, pause, pause. First, they were bound. Let's pay attention to the text. They were bound. They were in a situation, a circumstance, a setback that bound them, that should have thrown them back into the fiery furnace. But they get into the fire where it should have been over, but now they're loose from the things that used to hold them back. Now that they're loose from the things that used to hold them back, they're now walking around untouched, unharmed by the fire. 
And as they're walking around, somebody jumped through time and space. Somebody came from the right hand of the throne of God. Somebody jumped into the midst of the fire with them, and he is the living son of God whom God raised from the dead. So that just lets me know, if, 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 if Jesus could go through time and space and get in the middle of the fiery furnace with these three men all those thousands of years ago, don't you know he can get in the middle of your situation? So the king says, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on, come on, get out, come on out. And as they leave the fire, everybody looks, it's like they don't even smell like smoke. Their hair is not singed, their clothes are not ashy. What's, they don't even look like what they've been through. See, it's time for you to get some testimonies where people look at you and say, your life has been perfect. You've been, you got the silver spoon in your mouth. Every, nothing, you've never ran into anything in your life. And you go, man, I have this setback and this setback and this setback and this setback with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead orchestrated my bounce back. You may have a whole lot of mountain ranges in your past, but faith can get them thrown into the sea. You're not supposed to look like what you've been through. Just because you've been through it doesn't mean it's over. So well, I got on the other side, but there's still some time for some restoration. There's still some time for some restitution. There's still some time for some payback that comes from the hand of God. And so Nebuchadnezzar makes a decree that he's like, nobody say anything bad about this God who is the true and living God. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got promoted. You should expect promotion after your drama. You made a stand of, for God. You made declaration of faith for God. You stood strong. You went through it. Don't just expect to go through it. Expect promotion on the other side. He said, well, that's not what the news said. How many of you know by now the news don't always know what they're talking about? How many know that by now? It changes every day. That's why it's the news. We have to rely on something stronger than that. We have to put our faith in what God has said. And in the midst of uncertain times, we stand on what's certain. In the midst of changing times, we stand on what is unchangeable. In the midst of unstable times, we're stable in our belief in who God is. See, we live in a world where everybody's unstable. Do you know what draws people to Jesus? Stability. It's like, what, you're not just going off like everybody else? How are you so peaceful? Peace will bring people to Jesus. So don't let the world throw you into fear, hopelessness, despair, panic, and all the other things it does. Because although you're in the world, you're not of the world. Although you live on this planet, you're an ambassador from another one. Although you live in this nation, you're backed by another kingdom. So if Jesus could intervene in the situation of these three men, I want you to know most assuredly today he can fix whatever's going on in your life. He can get into your situation 
and orchestrate your comeback and empower you to bounce back. Go to Luke chapter 4. Say, fix it, Jesus. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. For those who are watching online, go ahead and put it in the chat. Say, fix it, Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 16. And when Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day instead of to read. Now, it wasn't just his custom to go to the synagogue. It was his custom to go to the synagogue, stand up, and read this passage. In the first year, at least, ministry of Jesus, this is what he went to all the time. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This word heal means to cure, to make whole. This word broken means broken in shivers or crushed. So he sent me to make whole and cure the heart that's been broken into shivers, the hearts that's been crushed. So let's say you have this really expensive vase, a really expensive dish, and somehow it dropped and shattered on the ground, not to like four pieces, but thousands of pieces all in shivers. You're not going to try to save it. You're going to, as much as you may have liked that, you're going to sweep it up and throw it away because to you it is worthless and there's no way for it to come back together again. And some of you look at your heart that way today that has been crushed and broken into so many shivers. There's no way that it can come back together again. And he's like, I'm just going to throw the whole thing away. And Jesus looks at your heart and says, no, no, no. No, no, no. Although it's impossible to you, you give it to me. I can put it back together again and make it better than it ever was before. He says, this is what I'm anointed to do. To preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. This word bruised means broken by calamity. It also means oppressed. I'm here to set free those who have been broken by calamity and all those who are oppressed. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now to us, we're like, okay, cool, it's a good year. No, it's more than that when you understand the context of the Old Testament. It was the year of Jubilee. That in the 50th year, every debt was canceled. This is supernatural debt cancellation. See, people get excited about school loans might be canceled. Every 50 years, everything was canceled. And even if you made some very poor financial decisions or you fell on really hard times and you had to sell your family's inheritance, at the 50th year, it came back to you. And Jesus said, I'm here to preach Jubilee. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, beginning his message, never finished it, began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. What is he saying? That's me. I'm anointed to do this. Isaiah was talking about me. So when we look at what he's anointed to do with the heart 
and for the captives and to the blind and those who are bruised and oppressed and broken by calamity and those who need the gospel preached unto them because they're poor or those who need the acceptable year of the Lord. When we look at all these things, we can just say Jesus is anointed to fix it. All these areas are Jesus fixing something. Jesus is anointed to fix it. Say it with me. Say, Jesus is anointed to fix it. Okay, we're going to say it again with some boldness. And if you put it in the chat online, say, Jesus is anointed to fix it. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he could fix it in Bible days, then he can fix it today. So put your faith in him and get back up again. Because some of you say, well, I'll get back up again when the world fully reopens and everything's over. I get to get out of my house more and go to places that I used to like to go. Just because you're back out doesn't mean you're back up on the inside. Just because you're back out doesn't mean you're back up on the inside. That you'll just live and everybody thinks you're fine, everybody thinks you're cool, but between you, me, and Jesus, we know on the inside, everything is not right. Something's wrong. And you're just trying to go along to get along when you could actually have so much more. You could actually have Jesus fix it. If he could fix it in Bible days, then he can fix it today. So put your faith in him, get back up again, and get ready to bounce back from your setback. Go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Say, fix it, Jesus. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Look at verse 21. We looked at this a little bit on faith in the morning in the previous weeks. But we know the story. Lazarus has died. They wanted Jesus to show up beforehand, but he didn't. And now when Jesus gets there, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And as Jesus gets close, the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, run to meet him. And when we look at verse 21, it says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. We know if you were here, you could have fixed whatever happened. That almost implies, well, now it's kind of too late. But Jesus stopped there because a lot of us think, well, yeah, if this happened earlier, he could have fixed it. But now it's kind of too late. But notice what she says next. But I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. Notice this faith of this woman in grief. So if you were here before, you could have fixed it. But I even know right now, whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you notice what Jesus says your brother shall rise again Martha said unto him I know I know it I know it he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day she gets very theological it's like I know on the last day when God judges everything we'll all rise again and Lazarus will be raised up he'll be there I believe that and Jesus said I am the resurrection 
and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Pause. She was putting her faith in a future day. And Jesus said, and the resurrection in the life. Could it be possible that you've been putting your bounce back and your comeback on a future day? This is, well, this happens in the nation, or this person is elected, or this happens for my life, or this happens in my family, or this happens in my finances, and it takes all these years, and if all these things come together, then someday in the future, I can bounce back from my setback. Someday in the future, I can have a comeback. Is it possible you put something in the future that you can receive today with faith in Jesus? Could it be possible you put your faith in a day instead of a person? That you put your faith in some time in the future. We love to say in some Christian circles, you know, in the sweet by and by. Yes, what's sweet by and by? I, I have no idea. Well, when we all get to heaven, that's great when we all get to heaven, but what about having some heaven on earth? Because even under the law, it says you can have days of heaven under the earth. And if you have days of heaven on the earth under the law, what should believers who have the Holy Ghost and the Word of God have? That it's even possible to manifest heaven on earth. How do you know that? Jesus said, pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first time you experience heaven is not supposed to be when you get there. It should be here now. So instead of putting your faith for something in the future, because faith in the future is not really faith, that's hope. And hope won't manifest unless you add some faith to it. Faith brings things into the now. So stop saying, well, one day or someday, and start saying, in Jesus, I have it now. Take your faith out of your ability. Take your faith out of what the world can do. Take your faith out of future days and some days and put your faith in Jesus. And she said unto him, yes, Lord, supreme in authority, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. Skip down to verse 39. She said, take ye away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, look, by this time, he stinks. He's decomposed. It's been four days. You know, people thought Jesus was coming to grief and that it was over. But he says, remove the stone. Some of you have been keeping the stones over things in your life because you said it's too late. There's no way you can fix it. This situation stinks. This situation has to decompose. But Jesus is telling you today, roll away that stone. Roll away that expectation that nothing can change. Roll away that thought process that is too late. Roll away that mentality that I, I just can't have it because of whatever. See, the world will tell you every reason why you can't have something, why it can't happen to you and can't happen for you, but you need to roll away that stone. And usually that stone is nothing physical. It's mental and a belief system in your heart. You need to roll away that stone. What have you limited to a future day that Jesus wants to bring into your life today through your faith in him?
Faith brings the fixing. Faith brings the fixing. Put it in the chat and say it with me. Say, faith brings the fixing. So if you want Jesus to fix it, you need to make sure you put your faith in him. Because it's very easy to put your faith in everything else but him. See, a lot of us put our faith in our routine. And as long as everything goes according to plan, we're good. And some of us are very organized. We plan for some things to go off. Like, but see, it's still part of the plan. And as long as my plan happens within this reasonable window, I'm good. But what happens when the world is thrown into a pandemic and everything you planned didn't happen? Is your faith still intact? Because that will reveal, is your faith in Jesus or is your faith in your plan and your ability and your routine? Where is your faith? See, I looked up a synonym for fix. And you know what I found? Restore. A synonym for fix is restore. And if you've been with us for a while, all last year we focused on the word restore. The Lord told us in 2019 is going to be year, 2020 is going to be year transformation and restoration. And so I started a series in August on restoration, and I preached that up until the last week of December. You know, Minister Dathan said, Pastor won't let us forget that this is our year for restoration. And it was right, because I knew if we grabbed onto that word, we'd see some restoration. And we did. Testimonies that came in that only God could have done. Marriages, families, finances, healings, of restoration on high quality that only God could have done. And through one of the gifts of the spirits and the, in November and December, God said, I'm not done with restoration. I'm going to continue in 2021, but it's going to accelerate. So just because we focused on restoration last year, don't think that God has stopped restoring. That we're believing for Jesus to fix it. We're believing for restoration. You put your faith in him, and he can bring that restoration to your life. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 22, what Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus raised from the dead. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. He says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. I like how the New Living Translation says, verse 24. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Death. And all the power of hell and every demonic force could not keep their grip on Jesus. I want you to keep it in your head as we go to these next few verses. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. They couldn't keep their grip on Jesus. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. 
verse 11. One of the scriptures we are been quoting today. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're born again, if you're saved, if you ask Jesus to come in your heart, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and will make alive, energize, quicken your body. And if you can do that to your body, don't you think you can do that to your situation? Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 12. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened or made alive together with him. So when God raised Jesus, he raised you. Having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. We have to stop acting like God is holding something against us. You have to stop acting like God remembers your sins. We have to stop acting like it because the scripture says he doesn't. 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness is a financial term. It means canceled. He canceled your debt. Although it seems unreligious to say it this way, you don't owe God anything. He said, but he's been so good. He's done so much for me. I owe him everything. Well, then that means salvation wasn't a gift. And the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. What do you do with the gift? You just receive it. You just take it. If you have to do something after that, it's no longer a gift. It may be a reward or a wage. It's not a gift. When you receive the gift of salvation, everything that you may have owed God is canceled. You have to remember what John the Baptist said when he looked at Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Notice he didn't say the sins of the church people. Everybody. You see, the thing is, when Jesus came as the Lamb of God and died, was raised from the dead, he paid the price for all sin. So you can't say, well, you go to hell for lying. You actually don't. You go to hell for sleeping around. You actually don't. You go to hell for doing drugs. You actually don't. That's not what sends people to hell. Why? Jesus paid for all that. The only thing that sends people to hell is rejecting Jesus. Because what are they doing? They're rejecting the gift of everything being paid for. And so 
who are we to keep people from coming to God? We tell everybody, come on. Well, I'm not living right yet. Yeah, we all know it. Just come on. So I'm going to clean myself up first. If you could clean yourself up first, you wouldn't need a Savior. There's only one perfect person. His name is Jesus. Let us bring you to him. And as we bring, him, bring you to him, we'll let you know. We ain't perfect either, so don't trip when we do something stupid. But we're all going after Jesus. There's only one perfect person. His name is Jesus. So stop canceling people because they do something stupid. Because, see, the problem with cancel culture is there's no room for redemption. I'll say it again. The problem with cancel culture is there's no room for redemption. And what if people canceled you like you're so busily canceling others on social media? If you sow cancellation, you'll reap cancellation. Some of y'all have haters not because you're doing something that's causing them to hate. It's because you sowed hater, raid, and cancellation yourself. And if you don't want those things in your life, sow a different seed. Verse 15. And having spoiled principalities or disarmed or thrown off principalities and powers, all the demonic rank and file, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You know, the, the Greek in here leaves the picture of he led them on a victory parade. So back in that time when the conquering general will conquer another kingdom, he would take that king and chain him up and put him in a cage. And all the surviving soldiers put them in chains and take all of what they had and march them back to the capital city. And as they go through the capital city, the downtown of the capital city, all the people of the kingdom watch as the enemy has been defeated and is paraded in defeat. So it says Jesus, after he died, he went to the pit of hell, but the Holy Ghost energized him, and he threw off all principalities. He threw off all powers. And he made a show of them. He led them around downtown eternity, showing that Satan is defeated forevermore. It says that he took the keys of hell and death. He took the power Satan was using to control people. See, you have to understand this. When Adam and Eve sinned, it paints the picture of all of humankind being thrown into the slave market of sin. And when that happened, Satan decreed that all men must die. But when Jesus came and won the victory, he decreed all men must have a choice. He opened the slave market of sin. And all it takes to walk out of that slave market is putting your faith in Jesus. Because nothing you could have done could have bought your freedom. Think about it this way, using the same example, the slave market of freedom, slave market of sin. A slave is a slave. The son of a slave is a slave, right? A slave makes nothing. The son of a slave makes nothing. There's no way they can buy their freedom. But what if this slave did a whole bunch of good things? lived a good life, did everything perfect under the law, could he get out? No, because he doesn't have enough to buy his freedom. See, that's why 
your good works can't save you. That's why your good works can't get you into heaven. That's why all the other different religions can't get you in. Because when you look at the other different religions and study it out, it's about what man can do to get to God. But what we see here in the Bible is what God did to get to us. That whosoever will, come. I've opened the door, so come on. All you have to do to choose is to put your faith in me. And everything Satan tried to do has to fall off. It says this, 1 John, this is the purpose why the Son of God was revealed or manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to loosen. He came to loosen all the works of the devil. If it's loose, you can just shake it off. So that means at any time, anywhere, anybody can be born again and shake off the devil because of what Jesus has done. Yes, he's an enemy. Yes, he's a threat. But he's nowhere much of a threat as he was before Jesus took him down. So when you face the devil, you're not facing a champion. You're facing a defeated foe. So you have to stop. See, so many Christians put their faith and they have a big bad devil and an itty bitty little God. Because they want to talk all day long about what the devil's been doing. Girl, I've been running from the devil all day. You have no business running from the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll run from you. Why are you running from him? Yes, he's a foe. Yes, he's a threat. Yes, he's a challenger. But he ain't even in your class. See, when you're born again, you were reborn and put in another class. Because it tells you in 1 Peter that we're born again from the seed of the incorruptible word of God. Right? Who is the word of God? Jesus. You are born again from the same material who Jesus is. Satan is not even in your class. See, Jesus gave you such a victory. If Satan gets higher than your foot, he's too high. You're supposed to keep him under your feet. That's what you're here to do. Jesus won this absolute total victory so that you can live in victory every single day. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Yes, you'll have challenges, but you win. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The same glory, the same power, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gives us a new life to live that is energized by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So the question I have for you today, are you acting and believing like Jesus still dead? Are you acting and believing like Jesus still dead? No, I know you believe he's alive. I know you know that God raised him from the dead. I know you know you're going to heaven. You're filled with the Holy Ghost and the mighty burning fire. I got that. But when it comes to your everyday life, how much do you expect God to show up? Do you believe you serve a risen Messiah or is your God still in that tomb? 
Do you believe you can actually make a difference in your everyday life or just is your eternity secure? Has your faith only bought you fire insurance? Or can it actually affect your everyday life? This power is to energize you to live a different way and get different results. There's a newness of life that is available to us. It's backed by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that power is more than enough to fix your situation and cause you to bounce back from your setback. If that power can raise Jesus from the dead, then that power can orchestrate your comeback. So stop putting faith for your comeback and your restoration in a future day. Put your faith in Jesus and watch what he can do in your life today. Hell and all of his forces could not hold Jesus down. Remember we read that verse, it couldn't keep its grip on them. So if hell and death and all of his forces couldn't keep his grip on Jesus, it shouldn't be able to keep its grip on you. Because the same power that raised him from the dead lives in you. Could it be possible, could it be possible, Minister Curry, no, I'll use you for this example because you'll go with me here. So could it be possible that Satan's not holding on to us, but we're holding on to him. That through our actions, our lifestyle, and our fear, we are holding on to the devil when he can't really hold on to us. Could there be some things happening in our life we've granted Satan permission through our fear and the words of our mouth? And that we've made him to be bigger than he should be because of our faith and our fear and our actions and our unforgiveness and our cancel culture and our refusal to walk in love. You need to let that dude go. Shake him off. Come on, you can Taylor Swift it. Just shake it off. Stop holding on to your past, to your mistakes, to your sins and trespasses and iniquities. They don't even belong to you anymore. Jesus paid the price and washed them away. You're not who you used to be. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is your standing. That is your identity. You know, we love to talk about what do you identify today? How do you identify? You know, it might, it's probably going to slip out of my mouth one day. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And they look at me like, you're the who? That's how I identify the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Who am I? Not guilty. When God sees me, he says, not guilty. Not because I'm perfect, but because my faith is in Jesus. And if you put your faith in Jesus, God will look at you. It doesn't matter your past because he's washed away. He'll say, not guilty. And you're as righteous as Jesus is. Like, whoa, 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 Pastor, you don't know what I did before I came to church. You don't know how me and my spouse talked in the car before we got out this building and put our church face on. What do you mean we're as righteous as Jesus? Righteousness is your standing. When you're born again, you are made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing you can do can change your standing. Your conduct should be holiness. Holiness is still right, even in 2021. But how I many always take some time to actually walk in holiness? And that's what you're supposed to be doing every single day. But there's nothing you can do to change your standing. Because if your sins could change your standing, you could not go to God and ask for forgiveness. 
If your sins could change your righteousness, you couldn't go before God and have standing at the throne of God. You have standing in the throne of God. You know, not everybody can speak in a courtroom because not everybody has standing. Not everybody can speak at the throne of a monarch. Not everybody has standing. You do. So at any time, you can boldly come to the throne of grace and get grace and mercy and help in your time of need and ask for forgiveness and whatever you may need because you have standing. And because you have standing, you can think different and act different. Think about this. The only person who would dare ask a king for a glass of water in the middle of the night is the king's child. No one would ever dare to wake up the king in the middle of the night and ask him for water. Except their child. You're the child of God. We start acting like it. You know, children, especially when they're young enough, they have a certain boldness when they come ask for their parents for stuff. Because they really expect if I ask mom and dad for it, I'm going to get it. And if you tell them you're going to get it, then they believe you. Now, they will remember. If you say tomorrow, as soon as you open your eyes, they'll be standing there. I summon you to fulfill your oath to me. But they have this faith. They have this confidence. And maybe, just maybe, we should act like that when it comes to our Heavenly Father, who's a better parent than any of us ever could be, who loves us even more than we can even possibly love our children. We have to put our faith in Him. See, 2 Corinthians 4.13 and 14 says this. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. So if we truly believe God is at work in our situation, then we need to change the way we speak. If we truly believe that God is going to do something in our life, we've got to change the way we talk. There's some words that might just need to drop out of our vocabulary. If you really believe God is working in your situation, you need to change your words. You need to watch that mouth. And for some of you, your Twitter fingers. James 2.17, the Amplified Classic says, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself it is destitute of power, it is inoperative, and it's dead. So if we truly believe the power of God is at work in our situation, then we need to change the way we act. We have to act like the word is true. Faith prepares for what it expects. Faith prepares for what it expects. Put it in the chat and say it with me. Say, faith prepares for what it expects. So if I really expect God to show up or do this miracle or fix this situation or bring restoration to my life, I need to prepare for it. And I shouldn't be shocked when it shows up. Why? Because I've been preparing for it because my faith is in him. So if I'm in faith, that means I'm going to do all the natural things it requires. So if I'm believing for healing in my body, then I'm going to do the natural things for my body. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do all the natural healthy things I know to do. And put my faith in God for supernatural power working through my body. If I'm believing for prosperity, then that means I should have a budget. I want to get quiet on that one. I should manage what comes in my hand. Yes, I should give. Yes, I should tithe. But I should budget and pay attention 
and learn about how the economy works and research investing, not get rich quick schemes. Research, pay attention. If I really believe God's will for me is prosperity and I'm believing for a financial miracle. You say, well, I believe God has called me to be in this career, to be in this industry. Well, if you believe that and you believe for an open door, while you're waiting for the open door, you should be researching and studying and figuring out and learning all you can about this area. See, it's not just spiritual things only. It's natural and spiritual. Why? You are a natural and spiritual being. You are a spirit, but you live in this physical body. There are natural parts of you and there are spiritual parts of you. So you need to do both. So if you really believe, you're really believing to bounce back from your setback, then you need to do all the natural things as well and change the way you speak. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. The word avail means has the advantage. Has the advantage. And then Paul uses language again in the next chapter. says, a new creation in Christ. Those who are born again have the advantage. Faith that's fueled and made effective by love has the advantage. So what am I telling you? If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you have the advantage. You have the advantage. We talk a lot today about who has the advantage in our society, who has privilege in our society. But I'm here to tell you that if your faith is in Jesus, you have the advantage. So stop saying you're disadvantaged. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying you can't make it. Stop saying, well, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too black, I'm too white, I'm too this. Stop that. You have the advantage. Yes, things may look tough. Yes, you may have had setback after setback after setback. But when you realize what this word says, you realize in this life, I have the advantage, so I'm going to start acting like it. I'm going to stop saying, I can't do it. Oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Stop that. You have the advantage. So walk like it. Talk like it. Pick your head up. Take those challenges head on because you know the end of the story is your victory. 1 John 5, 4. It says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this the victory that has conquered and overcome the world are continuing, persistent, Faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Another translation says this way, every God-burned person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. Anyone here believe Jesus is the Son of God? Faith is the way we win. If you have to win, or have victory that lets you know you're going to have to fight. If you have to win or have victory that lets you know you're going to have to fight. But if you resist in faith, you will win. See, faith people should have enough confidence as some rappers. Because if they can say all I do is win, why can't we? We have to change the way we talk. We have to change the way we believe because too many of us are expecting bad things. It's like, you know, bad things coming in three, one, two, all right, third one, knock me out. Come on, I know you're coming. You're hiding somewhere. Or you're just expecting setbacks. 
Come on, some of you are like a combination of Eeyore walking around with a cloud over your head like the Charlie Brown character. Just expecting bad things. Expecting defeat. But you're a believer and you have the advantage. So you just need to start saying, you know, by faith, all I do is win. Go on, say, by faith, all I do is win. Go ahead, put that in the chat and say it again with me. Say, by faith, all I do is win. We have to start talking like they did in the before the fiery furnace, where they said, if you do throw us in, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. It's your comeback season. It's time for you to bounce back from the setbacks of life. So say it with me. Say, my faith is in Jesus, the resurrection and the Lord of my life. This is my comeback season. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in my life and causing me to bounce back from my setback. Now, if you believe that, act like it. Lift your hands and give God glory. If you believe that his power is working in your life, causing you to bounce back from every setback, go ahead and lift your hands and give him glory. Go ahead and tell him thank you. Go ahead and tell him you believe it. Father, we thank you. We believe it. We believe this is our comeback season, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is making us alive and is orchestrating our comeback. We're bouncing back from every setback. Doesn't matter how bad that setback was or how far it set us back. We believe we're returning quickly to the place you've called us to be. Oh, glory to God. Our faith is in you. Our faith is in you. Our faith is in you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. People are being healed right now. Hallelujah. People are being healed in this room. They're being healed online right now. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Someone's knee is being healed right now. You begin to move your knee, you'll see the power of God is working in your knee. You can just go ahead and move it around or stretch or jump, and you'll see something different happen in your knee. Someone's having had some pain in their shoulder, in their neck, in their back. You begin to move that area. you see you're being healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Healing power is working. In the name of Jesus, healing power is flowing. It's flowing in this room. It's flowing online. Be healed and be made whole in the authority of Jesus by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. The precious power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Someone's been having these throat issues. I'm not sure what it is, but you're being healed of that right now. You're being healed of that right now. You're being healed of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's been having these types of anxiety and panic attacks. That whenever this certain situation comes to your mind, your hand literally begins to shake. 
you've hid it from your family, well, no one else knows what's going on, but I'm saying you're free right now in the authority of Jesus. We loose you from that now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The name that's above every name. The name that's above every name. Someone's elbow and arm is being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, we come against arthritis. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't have to call out what you're going through. You just by faith take whatever you need right now. Whether it's healing, whether it's strength, whether it's wisdom, whether it's provision, whether it's help, whether it's him fixing a situation, restoration, whatever it is, just take it by faith. Since we believe we receive, that means by faith we take it. So go ahead and take it, receive whatever you need from God. The presence of God is here. The presence of God is in your home. Wherever you're watching, the presence of God is moving. Go ahead and take it by faith. Whatever you need, whatever you need, be made well and be made whole. Be strengthened by the power of God. Hallelujah. 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 This is your comeback season. Hey, Dathan, grab a mic. Come on up here. This is your comeback season. So you need to start talking like it. I said you need to start talking like it. So, Dathan, I want you to sing, this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. This is comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Oh, this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Hey, this is my comeback season. Yeah. Now I want you to sing it with him. He's going to sing it again. And I want you to sing along with him. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. I want us to sing it so that when you leave here, this is what's popping in your mind. When you wake up tomorrow, it pops up in your head. When you go through the week, it's going through your head. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Go ahead, man. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Yeah, say this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Everybody say this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Say it again. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. 
I'm bouncing back, say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. Yes, I am. I'm bouncing back, say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. Yeah, I'm bouncing back from every setback. You can't keep me down. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Oh, this is, say, this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Say, this is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Tell the enemy, say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. You can't keep me down. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Doctor gave you a report, you say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. You lost your job, but just remember that. I'm bouncing back from every setback. It doesn't always look well, but just say, I'm bouncing back from every setback. You can't keep me down. I'm bouncing back from every setback. You can't keep me down. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Nothing can keep me down. I'm bouncing back from every setback. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Say it one more time. This is my comeback season. I'm bouncing back from every setback. Hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your hands. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.
forevermore, 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 we give you glory, honor, and praise. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus forevermore. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in the hearts right now and in lives in this room, watching online. We thank you. We thank you. We say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone's been having respiratory issues and you're being healed of that right now. Asthma-like issues are being healed right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Minister healing to their blood right now. Hallelujah. Regulate what needs to be regulated. Cleanse what needs to be cleansed. Hallelujah. We break the hold of the enemy and the authority of Jesus. Every addiction. Every bondage we break right now, the authority of Jesus, by the anointing of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I hear those chains falling. I hear the 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 chains, chains falling. I hear the chains falling. Chains of depression. Chains of suicide. I hear those chains falling. Chains of poverty. Chains of poverty. Yeah. I hear the chains falling. Somebody help me say, I hear the chains falling. Everybody say, I hear the Falling down, falling down, say, I hear the chains falling, falling down, falling down, I hear the, yeah, I hear the, falling down, falling down, down. I hear the, So roll away the stone and come out. 
to roll away the stone and come out to roll away the stone and come out so 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 roll away the stone and come out roll away the stone and come out roll away the stone and come out roll away roll roll away the stone and come out roll away what's ever been holding you back roll it away walk into the newness of life Christ Jesus has provided for you that's empowered by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead hallelujah glory to God before we go we don't want to leave here without giving people the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life so if you're in here and he never asked Jesus to come into your heart you never made him your Lord and Savior today is the day to do so You've heard me say, your good things won't get you to heaven. Your bad things won't send you to hell. There's only one thing that sends people to hell that's rejecting Jesus. And there's only one thing that gets into people to heaven is receiving him, putting your faith in him. And if you never made that decision to ask Jesus to come in your heart, you never made him your Lord and Savior, but you want to today, lift your hand high where I can see it. We'll pray with and for you right now. I want to be saved. I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. I see those standing wells lifted high where I can see it. We'll pray with and for you today. You can put your hands down. Or you might say, well, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Can I know for sure in this life? The Bible says in 1 John 5, these things are written that you may know and be sure that you have eternal life. If you don't know for sure that you're saved, but you want to know for sure today, lift your hand high where I can see you. We'll pray with and for you. You know for sure today. Or last but not least, said, you know, I'm saved, Pastor, but I haven't been living like it. You know, stuff happened and I walked away from God. Will he take me back? Yes, he will. A thousand times, yes. As you heard me say, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all righteousness. So if you want to come back to God, all you have to do is ask him to forgive you and say, what I'm doing is wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I'm coming back. If you do that, he'll take you back. I would love to pray for you. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you today. You say, I need to come back to God today. Lift your hand where I can see it. I see that hand. Go ahead and lift your hand. So that's me. I need to come back to God. Praise God. You can put your hands down. Now, if you're watching online or in person, he said, you know, I need to be saved. I need to be sure that I'm saved. When we pray in just a few moments, I need to repeat this prayer after me. Mean it from the bottom of your heart. You'll be saved. You know for sure that you're saved before we leave this place. But if you're saying, well, I need to come back to God while we pray, just ask God to forgive you. Tell him whatever you've been doing. It's not a newsflash to him. But say, Father, it's wrong. I ask that you forgive me. And guess what? He'll forgive you. He'll clean you up and treat you like it never happened. So when we pray, ask God to forgive you, and he will. Amen. So congregation, can you help me lead people in this room and online to Jesus? So let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me. But on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. See, that's it. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again. 
You're saved. Heaven's your home. You can be sure that your heaven's your home. You can be sure that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you right now. Come on, congregation, let's cheer for them. Come on, let's celebrate them. Those in this room and those who are online, come on, let's cheer for them. Go ahead, roll away the stone and come out. 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 Roll away the stone. Congratulations to everyone who made a decision for Jesus today, whether to be saved, to be sure that you're saved, to come back home to God. The best days of your life start now. God has a great future in store for you. You may be seated in his presence. We'll be dismissed very shortly. Before we go, we're, we're going to have our time of giving, praise God. I want to thank all those who give by mail. But if you're in this room, you want to give physically today. There's an offering envelope in the seat in front of you. If you'd like to give you the offering envelope, just take that offering envelope, fill it out in its entirety. If you're giving via check, you can make it payable to Faith Christian Center. If you're giving via credit card or debit card, just sign the appropriate portion, put the amount in the box above, as well as give you a telephone number just in case we need to reach you. If you want to give online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. If you want to give online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. If you want to give via text, as you see on your screen, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can text FCCGA to 73256. Of course, all gifts to faith are tax deductible. Whether you're giving via envelope, online, or via envelope, your, or via text, you'll see different places where you can designate your giving. You'll see spot for tithes and offering. You'll see spot for just different things as God moves upon your heart. Spots for media or missions. You'll see a spot that says expand. What does that go to? Well, we believe, as we shared earlier, that God has called us to open up 21-plus locations within Metro Atlanta, Georgia, and the southeastern United States. And that helps us do what God has called us to do. As I said, we already are meeting in Fayetteville. We're right here in Austell right now. Marietta's meeting right now. And later this month, we are opening our newest location in Gwinnett. And what you give towards that helps us do that, as well as you'll see a spot that says CARE. And what does CARE go to? CARE helps us partner with other organizations that are feeding the community. And so we don't have room to feed the community here. We don't have a storage place that holds enough food, but we know how to be a blessing. And so we supported organizations last year, and we're increasing our support this year to help them feed the community and fight food insecurity in our area. Amen? We also use what goes to care to be a blessing to first responders and essential workers to just encourage them and share with them how much we love and appreciate them. You know, over the last few months and the last year, we were able to be a blessing to teachers and say, hey, we thank you. We know what you're going through, and we just want to say thank you on behalf of faith. We've been able to be a blessing to firefighters and police officers and nurses just saying, hey, we know it's been rough, but we love you and we appreciate what you're doing in this community. And so that's what happens when you give towards this area. Now, we believe what the Bible says. God is causing all grace to abound towards you, so you have all sufficiency in all things, and you abound to every good work. So thank you for your faithful generosity. We believe that, you know, it looks like you're ready to give. So if you're able, if you're lifting your offering envelope, you can lift that up on your phone. If you're giving online or via text like I am, let's present our gifts to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We present our tithe, the offering, our seed to you. We ask that you use it mightily. We present it to you as a matter of love a matter of worship, a matter of adoration, a matter of obedience. And as we give to you, we give biblically, we give generously, we give liberally, believing for our biblical return. Satan, take your hands off what belongs to us. Angels, go forth, bring a harvest unto us, for we need for our sake and the sake of the gospel. 
Father, we thank you because you are a shepherd. Therefore, we shall not lack, and we have more than enough. So we receive more of the blessing, God of his concepts and insights, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Say, I have more than enough because my God teaches me how to profit and pours out his favor upon my life. Well, thank you for your faithful generosity. In just a few moments, we'll be dismissed. For those of you who are giving physically, Minister Kurt will give you those instructions. Uh, one more announcement that I'm going to announce that later this month on April 25th, we'll be giving, we're beginning our phased reopening of Kids World. Amen? And so our Kids World team has done awesome online ministering to kids. They had a special Zoom party today. They had a special meeting yesterday, and they're doing awesome. And so starting later this month, we're beginning our phased reopening. And we're calling it phased reopening because it takes time for people coming back and well as more volunteers. And so if you have any questions about the phased reopening, you can reach out to Minister Alanda, our wonderful Kids World minister here, and she'll be able to share everything that we're doing and all the steps we're going through to make sure that our kids can receive the Word of God in the best environment and the safest environment possible. Amen. So that'll be on April 25th as we begin to reopen Kids World. Well, before we go, lift your hands towards heaven. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn in judgment, for that is your heritage. And you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. May the blessing increase in your life. We command every house be paid off, every car paid off, every student loan, medical bill, credit card paid off. Release jobs, better jobs, promotion, inheritance, checks in the mail. God, ideas, concepts, and insights. May the favor of God surround you as a shield. Before people encounter you, they'll encounter the favor of God. May what, for those who need transportation and residence, and may it come your way. May the favor of God go before you and prosper your way. May you have favor in the courtroom, favor in the boardroom, favor on the sales floor. May you have favor with God, man, and government. And may the favor that goes before you build you a platform that when you speak to the lost and backslidden, they want to know what you have to say and you're able to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ and bring them home to faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. I look forward to seeing you later this week on Faith in the Morning and next Sunday as we start a new series called Join the Resistance. Minister Kurt. Praise God. Let's thank God for the word that was sown in us today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, um, real quick before we are dismissed, I'm just going to go through a few side announcements here. Uh, remember the You Matter membership class uh, is online, and uh, if you're interested in becoming a member, you can uh, get connected to Faith by taking our membership class, and uh, you will experience Pastor Carrick sharing the vision of Faith, and you can just go to FCCGA.com to take the class. And also, uh, baby dedications are now being conducted through Zoom. And for additional information on that, uh, just register at FCCGA.com as well. And if you're interested in any FCC apparel, you can uh, order it by placing your order online also at FCCGA.com. And don't forget uh, the link to register for April 11th experience next Sunday. Uh, will be sent out today through email. And remember, in order to attend next Sunday's experience, you have to register. Amen. All right, I encourage everybody throughout the day, just let the word that was sown into your heart be alive, okay? Don't just leave here and just forget about everything that the Lord did. He wants us to walk in a consciousness and in faith concerning what we heard today. Amen. All right, so uh, what we're going to do is 
uh, now our, I'm sorry, we're going to dismiss uh, systematically and by section. And again, I just want to remind everybody, if you responded to the altar call in any way here, if you're here physically and you responded to the altar call, please fill out one of the cards in the seat in front of you and be sure to drop it in one of these offering receptacles. We just want to make sure that we pray uh, with you concerning what you responded to. Amen. All right. So we're going to start on this side to my far left and in the back. You guys can stand and be dismissed. And if you have an offering envelope that you want to give, uh, you can drop it in any of the buckets down front as you're dismissed. So you guys are dismissed to the far left and in the back. And thank you all once again, as always, for your patience as we dismiss this way. We just want to make sure that we still, you know, dismiss in a socially distanced way. Amen. this section here. section. section.
lastly, this section. Thank you guys for being patient. 